Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad, and we've got an exciting show for you guys today. And before we jump into our host interview, we're going to start off with a question from one of our loyal listeners. So today's question actually came from the Airbnb Academy Facebook group, which all of the buyers of our book get access to. And... The question is from Hans, and he's from Ontario, and he's asking, do you have any advice regarding shared accommodations? My wife and I will be living in the home at the same time the guests are here and are debating whether to either give them full use of our kitchen or serve them meals ourselves. We understand that privacy, comfort, and respect are important, but aren't sure which options to choose. What do you think? Now, this is a really good question, and it's really a more specific version of, of a general question that I'm sure a lot of hosts ask themselves when it comes to renting out a shared space. To what extent do you share your apartment with your guests? And to what level do you engage with your guests during your stay? You know, do you offer them use of your kitchen, a living room, or maybe even like personal items like a bike or a computer? Or do you keep it to the bare essentials, such as the bathroom? So I think the answer is that it really depends on what your guest wants. As a host, you are responsible for making your guest stay as comfortable as possible. And it also kind of depends on what you're willing to offer as a host. Another thing is, you know, I've heard stories of hosts basically spending almost the entire day with their guests. You know, they, they show them around town and they share dinner together. But I've also heard of stories of, of guests who are really just looking to get privacy and just be by themselves. So the real question here is how do you figure out as a, as a host like what your guest wants? So I would say the most important thing is to be very open about it and try to get some information from your guests by asking questions like, hey, what's the purpose of your visit? Do you have any specific plans? Or do you need any recommendations? I think this way you'll get a feel for your, for your guest needs. And then based on that, you can sort of estimate what kind of relationship your guest uh, is looking to develop with, with, uh, with you as a host. But um, let me just get back to the specific question uh, that Hans is asking, which is, should we provide them the use of our kitchen or should we serve them meals ourselves? So I think this is really easily uh, solved by simply asking. You know, you can you can ask your guests, like, hey, uh, you guys are f- feel free to use our kitchen. 
But if you want, we would also be happy to cook you some meals. And you know, your your guests will, will will tell will let you know what they want, and that's the best way to do it, I think. Absolutely, completely agree. This brings up another point as well. So first of all, the main the main name of the game is adjust according to your guest preference. But the other point it brings up is the idea of communication. So again, you want to be in the communication loop with your guests while they're there in case they need anything. But communication prior to the stay is really important as well. And if you have questions about these level of interactivity you want to have with your guests, that's the perfect time to, to get these questions out and figure out what your guests are looking for. We've heard stories on both sides where some people felt like they wish they had more interaction or they had more of an opportunity to sort of pick the brain of their hosts. And conversely, we've heard the other end where people are looking for a really quiet, introspective vacation and they find themselves bombarded with questions and, and uh, so on and so forth from their hosts. So it, it, again, it's very dependent on the particular guest and it's just a matter of going out there and getting that information and responding accordingly. All right, thank you, Hans, for that awesome question. And again, if any of you guys have questions for us, feel free to reach out to us at info at getpaidforyourpad.com. Uh, we love getting real-life questions, and we'd be happy to answer them on air live just for you. To learn all the tricks and secrets and tips on how to effectively host on Airbnb, you can download the first three chapters of our book for free at www.getpaidforyourpad.com. And the name of our book, of course, is Get Paid For Your Pad. We are happy to bring Kevin Koskela to Get Paid For Your Pad. Kevin, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you doing, Josefa? We are doing well. So, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell everybody about your awesome podcast and your awesome life. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah, uh, so my name is Kevin Koskela, and a, I run a blog and podcast at freedomlovin.com. And uh, I got started with that about I, – I, the idea came to me about five years ago. And uh, I read a book called How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. And I decided that that's what I wanted in my life is to have a free as much freedom as possible in my life, uh, even with everything that's going on around me, even with all the people that might try to prevent that kind of freedom. Uh, so I got uh, really into online business and traveling and uh, location independence. So the podcast is kind of about uh, those topics and as well as some philosophy and, you know, kind of how to work within the system that, that prevents us from, uh, you know, achieving the freedom that, that we really deserve, that we really need. Uh, so whether it's the government or uh, like parents or, or you know, uh, professors or teachers or whatever, it's like there's always somebody that's kind of uh, not really allowing you to see the big picture and see what you're capable of. And, um, and so I, I like to get around that and there's so many ways to do it and there's so many ways to, to build that freedom in your life. That's so awesome. Now, obviously, me and Jasper really understand this concept because we have both gone through it. We both come uh, <coughs> from former corporate backgrounds. I was an attorney. Jasper was a, a arbitrage trader for a long time. So we we completely understand and we feel you. Before we dive into uh, before we dive into the the Airbnb listings, I'd really like to know, uh, just out of curiosity, because we've gone through the same process. 
if you had to boil it down to one particular moment in time or a few particular moments, where was your defining moment where you said, all right, I want to go after a more free lifestyle. I want to, I want to figure, I want to retool my life. Uh, there's two actually. The, the first time was when I got laid off from my corporate job and that was back in 2001. And I, I was reading a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I think a lot of people in you know, kind of our business have read, but it made so much sense to me. It was kind of about how to create a business instead of creating a job for yourself. So, uh, you know, and, and so that really influenced me a lot. And I, I decided at that point that I really didn't want to go back to the corporate world, even though I could go out and interview and get another job like the next week. I turned that idea down and I started my own business. Unfortunately, I did the, the thing where I created a job for myself and wasn't happy at all doing that. So uh, a few years went by and then I read The 4-Hour Workweek, which everybody knows by now, and that was really what resonated with me. It's like that, that was like something that I'd already been thinking about and all those ideas I'd already kind of, you know, was, was striving towards, but I didn't really know it. And then Tim Ferriss was able to put that in a book where he kind of outlined it and explained exactly how to do it. So, so that, that really was it. And then, um, and then shortly after that, I took a trip to Australia for a few months and, and kind of got, had the first experience of being location independent. Okay. That's awesome. So cool. Yeah. We love hearing all of these types of stories because they resonate with us because we've gone through a similar thing. I think we were both a little bit earlier on in our journey, but that's so encouraging to hear. Yeah. Um, all right. So Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with Airbnb the and the type of listing you have and the location sort of, sort of just go over the general information. Yeah, well, I've always been, for some reason, I've always been good at finding cheap apartments in nice areas. And I don't know if it was just luck or I just spent a lot of time on Craigslist going through all the listings. And I actually would go and, and if I wanted to move, like I move a lot because I like to experience the different areas. And if I want to move somewhere, I would actually go on Craigslist for, you know, hours and I'd hit the refresh button, you know, and just see what was, you know, get put in a, uh, you know, a frame for what I'm looking for in terms of price and, and uh, how many bedrooms. And, and then I would, I would just kind of wait for something to come up and then I would just email them and, and I would end up with something pretty, pretty nice. And so I was living uh, in San Diego on the beach in this apartment and um, I was, my rent was really low for that area. I mean, rents are really expensive there, but I had a really good deal and I was going to be leaving town for about three weeks. And I thought, well, why do I, why should I leave my apartment empty? And this is back, this is January of 2013. And I was just like, why, why should I leave my apartment empty? I mean, someone's got to want to stay here. It's right on the beach. It's like an it's amazing location. So I, at that time, I didn't, I don't think I was aware of Airbnb or I just didn't know the system. So I put a, um, a notice on the Dynamite Circle forums. That's our entrepreneur group. And I just said, does anybody want to stay in San Diego for three weeks on the beach? And I said, I'm flexible. I can do, you know, any time period. And so uh, sure enough, there was a guy in LA that was looking to spend some time kind of get away, do a little, do a little work and, and spend some time on the beach. So um, he came down and checked out the place and he, he was all ready to go. And so I, um, I just charged him exactly what I was paying. I said, I don't, I don't even care. Just pay me what I'm paying in rent and we're good, which was a great deal. So, so he wrote me a check. And then when I took off on my trip to Vietnam, he stayed in my place. So I got, I had everything, you know, all my rent was covered while I was gone. So the trip was a lot less expensive than it would have been. So that was a, my first taste of it. And then I was like, wow, that was, that was awesome because I come back and he left the place perfectly clean and uh, he was thrilled to have had that. He got a great deal. 
And then, yeah, and then right after that, I found out about uh, Airbnb and how it was like an automated system, and it's so much easier than trying to post ads on Craigslist or try to contact everyone you know. Wow, that's that's really cool, Kevin. You're like Airbnb's perfect audience because <laughs> you you actually started doing exactly what Airbnb mean, means to uh, provide to people. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your listing. Is it is it a, uh, an apartment or a house or can you tell yeah, us well, a little bit about it? Yeah, that was back in uh, 2013. So I so, so I was in that apartment until the summer, and so I um, I, I basically just I didn't know have any idea what I was doing. I took a bunch of pictures with my uh, with my phone, and they were not they were crappy pictures. The apartment doesn't look very didn't look very nice inside, and the the camera that I had wasn't very good. So I did that and put them up there and just, you know, basically try to emphasize I, that my main picture was of the actual beach, which is beautiful. And so that was my, that was kind of my, how I got people interested. And then, so yeah, that was, that ad worked really well because uh, San Diego has not enough hotels on the beach. So there's a huge demand and a very limited supply of places. So I was able to get a lot of people and I way undercharged for that place. I was I was listening. It was a one-bedroom apartment. I was listening for uh, $95 a night, and I really didn't know, and I was getting tons of emails, and I really didn't realize that I could have charged a lot more because of the demand. But uh, that was my first one. Then I moved to downtown, and I had another listing in uh, Little Italy, and that was uh, a really unique situation because it's, it was a great area, and it was a really nice building and a pretty nice apartment. And I had a landlord that was, uh, you know, kind of an absentee that they didn't live anywhere nearby. So I kind of had free reign on the place. And, um, and that was the, kind of the same thing. I, I highlighted the neighborhood because the apartment was just kind of a, it was kind of a, I mean, it was nice, but it was a kind of boring one bedroom, you know, kind of newish apartment, granite countertops and all that, but, but nothing to really highlight. So I, I took a, uh, I got a picture of the, uh, the sign that was like downtown Little Italy, which is really nice. It looks really nice at night and uh, put that up. And that's when I started getting getting more uh, emails on that listing. That that's a really smart idea, Kevin. And that's something that we always recommend to to other hosts is to think about like what's the best asset of your apartment, and it could even be something about the neighborhood. And you emphasize that aspect of your apartment. So that's uh, that's yeah. definitely like a, a really good uh, piece of advice. Um, I want to ask you. Did you have any worries or concerns before you listed your place on Airbnb? Yes, I, I did. And my situation is, is maybe it's a little bit unique uh, because both the places, I've had two, I've had two main ones. I've had another one too, but basically two places that I've, that I've uh, used for Airbnb. And both of them, I wasn't, I didn't have a landlord that was in touch with me. So um, I just did it on my own, and I didn't. I didn't go and review the lease and figure out if this was part. You know, if I could do this or, or not. But um, I figured that I would just pay for any damages if that if that ever happened. I would just take care of everything. So, um, so I yeah, I I just went ahead and, and did it. And um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? So, because the reason I'm asking you this is because when I talk to people and I tell them about Airbnb. They always ask me like, hey, are you afraid that your guests are going to damage your property or like steal something? So yeah. So that's why I'm asking like, uh, do you remember if, if you were concerned about that at all? Yeah, I, I guess my biggest concern was that, yeah, that, that something, if something were to happen, that they would, it would somehow get back to my landlord and then I would get in trouble. Right. But uh, the, 
the likelihood of anything bad happening is the same as if I was there, which is pretty low. So I, I kind of played the odds. And um, no, I didn't really worry about people damaging the place, though, like, it, like getting a tenant, like a bad tenant, because Airbnb is full of people that want to, they, they want to build up their profile. And so by, by being really uh, nice and very clean and, you know, uh, kind of obeying the rules and things like that, that's, imp- that's a really important thing. So I never really worried about any of that. I think if I was doing it off of Craigslist, it might be a little bit more of an issue because you just don't have any kind of rating system and you're, you're just taking people from, you know, who knows where. So, so yeah, I didn't, uh, the concern of, of having bad tenants, no. And a lot of times I would meet the tenants beforehand. So I kind of got a feel for them and I always felt, I always felt good. That's exactly right. See, that's that's the beautiful thing about Airbnb. Uh, it's it's the double accountability. You sort of have each side is is rating the other side, and so each side are going to generally be on their best behavior. And it's a beautiful thing. And the reason why we always talk about this is because, just like Jasper said, people have this fear, and honestly, it you there's usually nothing bad that happens. We've talked to so many people, and all their experiences have been utterly positive. So that's great to hear. When some of the some of the people that we've talked to and some of the people that we've even featured in our book, not only do they tell us that yeah nothing bad has happened, but they also say that for example they've they've been able to do cool things or they've met awesome people by hosting international guests or national guests from all over the place. Can you tell us what your best experience or best experiences have been since you started hosting on Airbnb? Yeah, well, I did, I do a combination. Sometimes I meet people. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just leave the key somewhere or I have a lockbox and they can just pick it up. So, and that saves time. So that's kind of nice. But, um, uh, you know, I, I really had, uh, I had these German guys stay at my place uh, back, that was about a year ago. And uh, they were awesome. I mean, they came, they brought me some gifts and uh, they, you know, they showed up and, and they were just great people. And, and they, um, they ended up leaving me like a six pack of beer in my fridge and you know, a lot of, like, they were thanking me so much and, and everything. And I just was like, well, you guys are paying me. Like, I don't need this. You don't need to leave me gifts. Like, this is, I should be giving you gifts, you know. So, uh, so that was, that was nice. That was really nice. And then I had a, uh, another woman that stayed at my place um, in the, over the winter. And I was out of town. I was actually down in Peru. And she um, showed up at the place. And she couldn't, she couldn't get into my apartment complex because the streets were, the actual street was closed. And I had no idea that that was going to happen. There was a festival, and they were closing the, the whole street, so she couldn't get in. And um, I saw her. She texted me and said, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck, and I, I, can't, I can't get to your place. And, and I, I got back to her like about 10 minutes after because I have a, a, an international texting plan. And she was just so happy, and her like that made her entire experience. She's like, I, that was so amazing. Like she, just the fact that I even got back to her and I said, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. I, I didn't know this was going to happen. I, I think you can, you know, uh, hopefully there's a way to get in there. Um, because you know, she couldn't drive her car in, but, but, uh, yeah. And then she gave me a, just a glowing review and said how amazing I was. And, you know, just, just for that one little text. So. Such a great story. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's just, it's showing people that you care on both sides. And that's what makes people feel good. Jasper just had a guest, and he can talk a little bit about this, but he just had a guest check out of his awesome place in Amsterdam. And 
she wrote him a super long email just telling him how amazing his place was, how nice he had been, how courteous he, all that stuff. And it, it, she didn't have to do that, right? She could have written a review, but that's what it does. It generates this awesome bond when you, when you haven't even met somebody and it just, and people just want to make people feel good. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about it is also, if you do that, if you just take those little, like go a little bit out of your way to, to be nice and to, to be really responsive, people will give you a break on if the place isn't perfect. Cause you know, there's always something that, that people, you can pick apart and say this was wrong or that was wrong but but that's they'll just give you five stars across the board because you were a nice person and and help them out absolutely kevin and and mind you the woman that sent me that long email i actually never met her because yeah. i was abroad at the time right yeah so just by communicating well and by making making sure that she's okay you know she felt that i was taking care of her even though I wasn't in town, and, and that's what made her very happy. So you're yeah. absolutely spot on about that. Now, Kevin, let me ask you, how do you manage the check-in process? Because you mentioned that you're not always around when you have your guests. Mm -hmm. So do you have yeah. someone to take care of that, or do you have a, no, someone? No, I've, I've only done this solo. I haven't had any help um, from any, anyone else. But what I do is, uh, I, the best way that I've had is to have a lockbox, and the one place I lived in actually already had a lockbox, so I didn't have to, to you know, buy one or something. But but that that makes it so easy. You just give them as soon as they uh, you know as soon as Airbnb approves them, then you just send them the code and then they're in. And then just tell them you know leave the key in the lockbox when you leave. And and so you can have multiple guests, you can have multiple parties coming in when you're out of town. You don't have to think about. Um, you don't have to think about uh, the key exchange and all that. Is it that, that would be kind of a pain. And then you can have like a maid come in and clean it in between. And it's, it makes it really, really easy. Uh, before that, I, had a, I didn't have a lockbox. And I would do things like hide the key. I would hide it somewhere and I'd tell them like it's under the, the plant or something. And then I would just say, put it when you leave, just put the key in the mailbox. And then we're good. Right. Hey, and what about the cleaning? How do you yeah. do that? Yeah, I've done it... Uh, for the most part, I've done it myself. Like I just clean everything myself. But I, I found that that it takes a long time because you really want to have your place as clean as humanly possible when you have a, uh, someone coming in. Because just for that risk that they might mark you down for cleaning. So I had one time when when I lived on the beach that that place was really hard to keep clean because I had the tile floors, and of course you're going to get sand in there, and, and sand on tile floors is really tough. So I would do as good a job as I possibly could, but. You know, there would be some little area where there was a little bit of sand or something, and somebody marked me down for not being, uh, not having, a, not as clean a place as they wanted. So after that, um, I tried to do the maid service as much as I could, and I've been using this company called HomeJoy, which they you can automate it. So you can have, if you want your place cleaned every week, you can have them come in every week or every other day or every two weeks, whatever you want to do. You can just set it up on a schedule, and then they can also do like if you give them twenty four hours notice, they can just come in and clean. So, um, so I, that's what I, that's what I did when I was in Peru and I was in down in South America, I had a, um, I had HomeJoy just scheduled right after my tenants were leaving, they were scheduled to come in. So that worked out perfectly. And then the, the place was nice and clean for the next uh, tenants. I see. It's awesome. <clears throat> so Kevin, you, I know you mentioned briefly about, about that experience you had when you first rented your place out and you were able to travel rent free essentially, but on a, on a more general, holistic level, how has Airbnb, since you joined, how has Airbnb changed your life? Well, the main thing is that I can now live in more, in nicer areas and nicer places for much less. So 
it, it, it pays when you're doing Airbnb, if you're renting apartments, now I don't own anything, I just rent, but when you're renting places, you want to look for places that are in really nice areas because it works much better. So, so you, you actually want to spend a little more on your rent because you're going to get the payoff is going to be greater when you're renting it out on a nightly basis or on a weekly basis. So, so I, that's what's really changes. Now I'm looking for places in much nicer areas than I was before. And I'm looking at kind of more of the, like in, in San Diego where I was, it's, uh, it's all about like, you're either, you either want to be near the beach or near the convention center. And so if you, and, and everywhere, you know, if, if you're near the beach, that's an awesome place to be. If you're near the convention center, all the, the condos around there are really nice. They're all like luxury with like all the amenities and everything. So, um, they're expensive, but like, for example, the, uh, some of the apartments downtown are going to be like two, let's say $2,000 a month, but a lot of those rent for like two, $250 a night. So, you know, you're doing, you're doing pretty well. And some of them even, I, I saw one for $400 a night and on Airbnb and that's, um, and they're probably paying, you know, who knows, like 2,500, 3,000 a month, but, but that, you know, you do the numbers and you can get your rent paid for pretty quickly. So that, that's changed. That's why how it's changed my life is that I've just, I've kind of upgraded my lifestyle in terms of, uh, living places to live. And I don't, I don't limit, you know, I don't limit myself. I don't go, Oh, I have to save this much on rent. I go, no, this is, this is going to pay off if I get a more, cause I travel a lot. So I might as well, while I'm traveling, I might as well get, you know, my rent paid for. Absolutely, Kevin, and I can totally second that. And I think, and that's also one of the reasons why we wrote this book because I think there's a lot of people out there that are just not aware of the potential that Airbnb has and how it can give people the freedom to to travel more and or grow more holidays or, or whatsoever. So that was um, that was a great talk, Kevin. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and. Again, for listeners who are interested in your podcast and, and blog, can you mention one more time where they can find more about you? Yeah, just go to uh, freedomlovin.com. That's lovin without the G at the end, .com. And uh, yeah, I'd love to uh, have you check it out. And then anyone that wants to, I have a podcast and you can subscribe to that on, on the website as well. But awesome. yeah, thanks guys. I really uh, appreciate you having me on. And uh, Good luck with everything. I think it's a great project and a great idea. Kevin, thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure and take care. And remember, all of our show notes can be found at www.getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash podcast. That's getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash podcast. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.